Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. We're going to read God's Word from John chapter 8, uh, verses 31 to 59. Um, this is in John. This is following up, continuing this debate Uh, that we've been in for several chapters of John, this back and forth between Jesus and the Pharisees. And it really just keeps ramping up. Uh, This takes place in the temple. Uh, Last week, we, you know, the the titles here are so, like, hopeful. If you look, if you have titles in your Bible, you'll see, like, last week was, I am the light of the world. And this week is, the truth will set you free. They're, They're wonderful titles. But if you actually read the text, you'll find it's just, it's full of fighting. <laughs> like all back and forth. Whatever, whatever Jesus may be saying, the people, the leaders especially, are not hearing it. They do not want to hear what Jesus has to say. And Jesus really just keeps coming out with more and more incredible things. And this is, in some ways, today's, uh, today's story discourse from Jesus is the culmination of this whole section where it's, it's the end of this particular section. We'll get a new uh, a healing next week, another physical sign that Jesus does. Actually, we won't get it next week. We'll get it in three weeks, because next week is Palm Sunday, and then the week after that is Easter. But when we come back to John, we'll get another sign. But today we finish this discourse and get to the, te- the high point of the conflict, which is that they try to stone him. Um, so it's kind of been building, they've been arguing, debating, and now they're going to try to stone him, because it just gets that bad. So as we read, I want you to listen and keep that in mind that this is where it's been, this is where it's going. Why are they so mad at Jesus? Why can't they hear? And then if we're asking why can't they hear, then we've got to ask for ourselves, am am I hearing Jesus? What do I need to hear from Jesus this morning? Because I know that you don't you don't want to be like them. (laughs) You don't want to end up stoning Jesus. And so listen for what we each need to hear from Jesus this morning. John chapter 8, verses 31 to 59. So Jesus said to the Jews who have believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father. And you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. 
Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? And the prophets died. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old. And yet, and you, have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us, that you give us your word to speak truth to us. We thank you for these words of Jesus that he spoke on earth so long ago. We thank you that they were written down for us that they may still be your words to us today. We pray that as we reflect on them, you would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. These words would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our hearts, changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. Um, kids, I, I didn't bring a bag this morning because if I were to bring a bag and something in it, I would have had to put a dog in it. And I didn't really think I should bring a dog in, in here this morning. It just, it just wouldn't work that well. But I want you to think about dogs for a minute. Because if you see a dog, and you see a dog that is on a leash, or on a chain, or something like that, you know that the dog is, is controlled, right? It is trapped in a sense. Now, generally, this is often a good thing for a dog to be controlled or trapped, because dogs are what they are. But, but there, or if you see a dog with a fence in the yard, you know that it is controlled, it is fenced in. But have you ever seen a dog that's just out there in a yard, jumping around, running around in the yard, yet never seems to leave the yard? You ever seen that? Do you know how there could be a dog that just never leaves its yard? Some dogs may be very well trained, but not most of them. Most of the time, if you see a dog that's in a yard that just seems open, it's not really. Really, there is what they call an invisible fence. And so there's this invisible fence around the yard that the dog has a collar that's connected to the, I don't actually know how it works. I just know these things exist. 
And so you've got these invisible fences where it doesn't look like they're being controlled, but they are. And so when we look here at John chapter 8, fundamentally what Jesus is saying is that all of us have some kind of invisible fence around us. We all like to think that we're free. We, in fact, the Jews said it here. They said it right here. Verse 33, they answered him, we're offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. Now, first of all, that's kind of crazy, given that they are currently being controlled by the Roman Empire. And the fundamental part of their fundamental identity as a people is we were once slaves in Egypt. Like that's, that's kind of the fundamental identity of God's people. So they're totally wrong in, in all counts. But, but we identify with this. Not we are children of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. We are, we are Americans and we are free, right? There's really nothing more core to being an American than freedom. It's fundamental. And, and that's a good thing. That's, no, that's just the way we are. Freedom is a wonderful thing in human terms. But what Jesus is saying here is even if you have some measure of human freedom, even as free Americans with all the freedoms that we enjoy in our human terms, we are not really free. We are all trapped by this invisible fence. And what he's pointing out to them is that to Jesus is telling the Jews that they are trapped by this invisible fence of Satan. He says, you're not really following your father Abraham and you're not free at all. You are trapped by the devil himself, the father of lies, and you are caught in that web. And so we hear that and we think, we might think, well, I got to get out of that. I've got to really be free. But the great truth here is that there really is no freedom like we talk, like we like to think about freedom where I am controlling myself. We never really get out from the fence. What Jesus is calling us to is not to break down the fence. He's calling us to a different fence. He's saying, you, you do need... We, we are, we are dogs. We cannot handle ourselves in a truly open yard. We need a fence around us. We need something to control us. But the right control is to fall in line with God the Father. Because true freedom, true freedom, Jesus is telling us here, is not really that each of us individually gets to decide what we want. True freedom is that we are able to live our lives as God made us. And we can only live our lives as God made us if we are under his control, if we are inside his fence. Or here, as the language used here, is that we recognize God as our father. So the main thing we need to know about God here, if our main problem is that we're trapped, we're in control of somebody, the main thing about God is that real freedom only comes through God's truth in Jesus. That's the main thing here, real freedom. Freedom to live as we were created to live. Freedom to be truly human comes through God's truth in Jesus. So how do we, how do we get that? Because the scary thing is you read this, and I don't, I don't know if you picked up on this if, this, if this frightens you a little bit, is how blind the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders are. And how much... Really, when we look at this, a lot of times it doesn't feel like Jesus is giving them much hope because all he keeps saying to them is, you're not listening to me. Why aren't you listening to me? Because your father is the devil. 
he's not, he's not really giving them a lie. He says, you're, and even, even jabs when it seems like he doesn't have to. If I was a liar like you, uh, like he's, they're just, they're caught. And so we said, well, where's, where's the hope? How can we, if we are caught in sin, how can we really find hope to be moved over to God's fence, God's yard, God's family? There's really only two choices here. And it's starting to wonder if we're stuck over here, maybe don't even realize it. But there is hope. It was right at the beginning. It was right at the beginning. You could miss it because it goes by so quickly. Verse 31. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And they missed it because they, 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 they got caught up on whether they were free or not. But that is what we need. The main thing about God that Jesus is telling us here is that real freedom is only found in God's truth in Jesus. What do we need to do to get that? What's the main thing we need to do? Abide in his word. It's only by abiding in his word that we find ourselves moving from being trapped by our own ideas and ultimately trapped by the lies of the devil himself to move over to where we can be controlled and guided by God, running and jumping in his yard, feeling the freedom of that we can see everything, but knowing we are controlled and constrained by the word of God that we abide in. That's what Jesus is telling us here. That's what Jesus is telling us, that we need to abide in his word. And that's where we find real freedom. So just to, to see that play out briefly, there's three, three aspects of this, uh, fairly briefly, that we see three problems, three elements of our trappedness that point to our need for that freedom, that point us back to our need to abide in his word. So that we don't see clearly, we don't act rightly, and we don't live fully. They line up, isn't that fun? We don't see clearly, we don't act rightly, and we don't live fully. So first, we don't see clearly. This is where, um, this is kind of the, the main thrust over and over throughout the passage. He said, they, they don't understand. They don't see the truth. And why don't they see clearly? It's not because they're not smart enough. It's, it's because they're not following Jesus. When he first said, he first said, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they start arguing. And then they get again to verse 40. You know, they're going back and forth, lies, truth, Abraham, devil, all this stuff. And instead of saying, okay, Jesus, you sound like you know what you're talking about. We're going to believe you. Verse 48, they're saying, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? No, you are not right at all. They're, they're, they're fighting with him. Why? Because they can't see. And we have to recognize that we, can get, we, we don't see clearly on our own. As, we, as we've talked about before, going through these, these dialogues in John, these arguments in John, there's a way in which their questions make some sense. You know, some of these responses that the Pharisees make, were like, yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Like Jesus is saying crazy things. And so we have to realize that we don't see clearly. We don't know how to get this right. And we know this is the case. We know, I love, have you ever seen those, those optical illusions? 
you know, like there's all kinds of them where like you look at something and, you know, it looks like the lines, if you look from a distance, the lines are coming together and then you look at it close and they're exactly straight. Like all kinds of optical illusions. We can look at it and we realize that our mind is playing tricks with us. And so if our mind can play tricks with us on an optical illusion, how much more can our mind play tricks with us in the spiritual realm? So why would we think to ourselves that we know the answers or that we can figure it out? So what do we do? If we can't figure out, we abide in his word. It's the only answer. We have to abide in his word. We need something that we can trust. And I know I can't trust myself, so I trust his word. What does that mean? What does that look like to try to see clearly? It means to spend time in it. Lots of ways to spend time in God's Word. Lots of, you can read it on your own. You can pick up a Bible reading plan. Lots of Bible reading plans out there. The daily prayer project that we use, it has a reading plan, scripture for every day, intended to help you soak in God's Word. But even better, not just to read it on your own, but to read it with others in community. This is why we're here today, Sunday morning, to hear God's Word to reflect on it, to hear it in the assurance of God's grace, to hear it in the call to worship. We're filling ourselves with God's word. When we gather in our community groups during the week, it's to fill ourselves on God's word. That as we connect with others, we are doing it based on the word of God, something that is true and solid and sure, because we don't see clearly. We can't even understand ourselves. The second part we see here is that we don't act rightly. We don't understand things the way we want to. We don't do the things that we want to do. Even when we do see, I should do this, I should do that. How many times have you said, I should do this, and you don't do it anyway? They're not acting rightly here. Therefore, what does Jesus say about them here? He says, you are following your father. You are doing the works. Verse 41, you are doing the works your father did your father, the devil. They're trying to claim that their father is Abraham and their father's God. And he's saying, not really, not really. You're not acting rightly. If you were like Abraham, this verse 40, this is not what Abraham did. If you were really Abraham's children, his real children, you would act like Abraham. Abraham acted in faith. He listened to God when God told him things, even when God told him things that didn't make sense. God told Abraham to go to another land, and he went. God told Abraham that he would have a son when he was 100 years old, and he believed him. God told Abraham to sacrifice that son on an altar, and he did it. And he didn't actually do it, but he was prepared to do it. Why could he do that? Because he believed God. The book of Hebrews tells us that Abraham reasoned that he would receive Isaac back from the dead because he believed God that much even when the things didn't make sense. So if we are to be Abraham's children, we must act rightly. We must trust God even when the words don't make sense. Thankfully, God is not going to tell us to do things like he told Abraham. Abraham was our father in the faith, our example for us. We get the simple stuff. We just have to trust God that it's going to work to serve others, that it's going to work to put others' needs before ourselves that it's going, to be work worth, it's going to work to watch our tongues, to not gossip, to not lash out in anger, to not hold on to bitterness, to forgive others when they hurt us. 
And we say we want to do all these things, and yet we don't do them. So how? How can we do these things? If our problem is that we don't act rightly, we're controlled by our desires, we get caught up in addictions, we get caught up in ruts, we get caught up in habits, what do we need to break out of this? We need to abide in his word. What do we need to actually change our hearts and our actions? We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. As you read, as you live, pray and ask him for his help. How do you know whether you are following, whether you are falling into the yard of the devil or whether you are playing in the yard of Jesus? What are you praying for? If you are praying for the help of the Holy Spirit and you're spending time in God's word, you're not going to fall over here. That is a prayer that he will answer. God does not take any prayer for his help and say, nah, not today. He gives us the spirit without measure. And he will fill us with that spirit. We may not see the change right away. It doesn't mean we're never going to struggle with ongoing sin or that we're never going to make mistakes. But that's part of being in God's yard, is that he comes to us in grace and love, and he is shaping us and changing our hearts by the power of that Holy Spirit as we abide in his word and seek the help of the Holy Spirit to turn and act rightly. So we don't see clearly, we don't act rightly, and we don't live fully. We don't experience all the goodness. We think it's good if, to be free to make our own decisions, but we are more free if we, have, if we are living in the, in, the, in the yard of God, where he has given us the means to live towards eternal life, towards the life that is best, even if it feels constraining at times, do this, don't do that. Ultimately, it is for our good. Why? Because we are his sons. We are not slaves. This theme of sons and slaves is here in John, but it's also in Galatians, where I read from this morning, as God assures us of his grace, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born, under, uh, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we are, might receive adoption as sons. Jesus came to move us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, so that we would have true freedom. Verse 7, you are no Galatians 4, 7, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir through God. Do sons get disciplined? Yes, sons discipline sometimes, yes. Sons, sons do get disciplined. It doesn't mean life is easy. It doesn't mean we always get to do what we want. But we're the son. We will never be let go. We have everything that the father has. He said, I'm giving it all to my sons through Jesus. It's a glorious truth that we can live not in a temporary, not, not in a temporary state of you got this for a little bit, this for a little bit, but we have the freedom of sons. And so then we can really live. We can live with the glory. We can live with the hope. We can live with the confidence that God will never let us go. If we have put our faith in Jesus, we abide in his word. He has transferred us. He has forgiven all of our sins so that he could move us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, from the yard of slavery to the yard of freedom, that we can leap and run with delight in God's world, 
following his rules as we abide in his word to know what is right. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us and care for us. We thank you that you do give us your truth, even when it's hard sometimes, even when we don't understand, that we may follow and obey, that we may experience life as a son in your kingdom and live it to the full. Would you help us to do that today and in the days to come? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.